This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we're turning it up to 11 with Viva 11 with Adam Berg and Melissa Palmer. These go to 11. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipor. Zipor. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have Adam Berg and Melissa Palmer of Veeam. Uh, so uh, was that exciting enough for you, Adam? Veeam! Oh, no, crank it up to 11, man. Crank, little, crank little it up louder. to 11. 11. Well, that was quick. <laughs> so uh, Adam, um, what do you do at Veeam and how do we reach you? So, so hi, Justin. Hi, 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 everyone. I'm Adam Berg. I am uh, Veeam's senior global architect in our NetApp Alliance. Uh, so I, I focus uh, on uh, NetApp new uh, capabilities, integrations, new joint solutions, uh, specifically with NetApp uh, here at Veeam Software. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Berg. That's A-J-B-E-R-G-H. Or look me up on LinkedIn. Love to uh, love to meet new people that way as well. So you're, you're senior over there. Are, are, do you get, yeah, I'm getting do, old. I'm getting do you old. Quali- yeah. Do you qualify for like the discount? I haven't qualified for the vaccine yet, so I guess I'm not that old. But, does does um, Veeam have AARP? <laughs> I'll find out does, soon does enough. Does NetApp have a senior discount? I don't know. I don't know. I'm the principal. I'm like the head of the school. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Anyway, uh, so also here with us today, Melissa Palmer. So, Melissa, what do you do at Veeam and how do we reach you? Uh, hi, everybody. I am a senior technologist on the product strategy team here at Veeam. You can find me on Twitter at vmis 33 or on my blog at vmis.net. And I do a little bit of everything on Veeam, and I have a big focus on evangelizing our amazing and awesome products. So, you know, that's interesting that you're, you're an evangelist because we're here to evangelize something. What, what is that I that we're know, evangelizing? Right? What, what is right, it that we're right? evangelizing here? Uh, I like to tell people all the cool stuff they could do with VM technologies in case they don't already know, right? Because knowledge is power. So a lot of our job on the product strategy team was uh, formerly in other years going to events. And now we do lots of webinars and broadcasts and podcasts to just kind of, you know, bring the knowledge of the features and capabilities to Veeam to everybody who may be using Veeam already, or if you're not already using Veeam, um, to give it a go because you know there's a 30 day free trial of just about everything at Veeam. That should be Veeam's tagline. Deem, give it a go. Give it a go. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> so um, you know we've we've mentioned Veeam a few times here, and what do we say to people who maybe don't know what a Veeam is, Melissa? What what, what is what a Veeam? Is that proper grammar and branding? A Veeam? I'm not even sure. Um, But Veeam is all about protecting your data, right? It's about protecting your data no matter where it is. Um, And it's also about recovering your data no matter what it is. So on-prem, public cloud, private cloud, Veeam can help you with wherever you're putting your data these days and making sure, A, you can move it around and B, you can recover it from it. I found myself talking about recovery in the last year for some strange reason, all of the time, right? I talk about protection a lot, but I've been focusing a lot on recovering your actual data applications, VMs, cloud workloads, and all that good stuff. 
So, you know, you've mentioned recovering. Is that an important aspect of backup? Uh, yeah. And you know who actually taught me that? This is going to be a NetApp segue. Uh, Chris Mato at NetApp. Oh, yeah, that guy. Consulting systems engineer, right? So I remember when I was an SE at NetApp, it was actually a data protection opportunity that the customer was looking to use NetApp for basically um, backup repositories. And like I'm working with Chris and I didn't really know much about backup at the time. And he goes, Melissa, it's not about backup. It's about recovery. Like all this stuff they're saying about backup, backup, backup. If they can't recover, it doesn't even matter. And it was like this light bulb kind of went off my head. And well, now I work from Veeam and I talk, I remember that all the time. So what Chris taught me in my very early years as a NetFSE, it's about recovery. Yeah, I mean, it's, your backups are only as good as your recoveries and, and vice versa. Right, we need to right? make sure those backups actually work. That's kind of important that we can recover from them. Yes, absolutely. So one other thing I wanted to ask is, um, you know, how, how do I recover from my snapshots that are backups, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, we're, that's what we're here to talk about. We're talking about all new integration. Uh, we're talking about where we got a big announcement. I'll, I'll let Melissa do the big announcement of what we're, what we're here to talk about. And I've got some really cool new integrated capabilities to talk about uh, with, with everyone today as well. <laughs> Why are you skipping over the question? I asked you a, a simple <laughs> question about recovering from a snapshot that's a backup. Okay, so the way that Veeam integrates specifically with ONTAP and also Element, right? We're not, uh, we don't leave out uh, NetApp HCI from any of our integrated capabilities. We have the ability to recover everything that Veeam is famous for uh, from our from our backup files, whether it's uh, granular individual application uh, files like Windows and Linux files, or uh, individual SQL, Oracle databases, uh, SharePoint, Active Directory items and metadata, Exchange, uh, you know, mailboxes, mail items. We can do all of that. Directly basically from everything. storage, yeah. Basically, basically everything, everything. Uh, from storage-based snapshots as well. So we're really uh, lowering that recovery time uh, down to you know what used to maybe take hours or, or minutes down to seconds when we integrate with snapshot-based technology and, and, and with ONTAP specifically flex clone-based technology to recover uh, these these uh, these application items. And my favorite type of recovery, of course, is the full virtual machine recovery, instant uh, instant VM recovery. Uh, from that snapshot, uh, you know, bringing back, you know, a multi terabyte database in, in 30 seconds is uh, once you see this uh, technology in action, it's, um, you know, you, you basically can't live without it from a data protection organization. And just from your, from, you know, from your business perspective, being able to recover from huge disasters, uh, like, a, like a failed, uh, you know, application data patch. Center. Yeah. Data <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, we've got... Yeah, we've got full data center level orchestration now. Uh, it's integrated with SnapMirror uh, replication technology and, and uh, snapshot technology with NetApp to do f- you know, full site level uh, failover capabilities. It's all integrated all the way through the portfolio now uh, with Veeam and NetApp. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot to, uh, to like about uh, the integrated capabilities now that we have. And that, it's kind of funny that you asked uh, Adam that question. As you know, I used to work with you, Justin, at NetApp. And what, you I did? loved my job at NetApp. I did. I did. I was a solutions architect, tech marketing engineer for FlexPod. I loved the product, but there was just something about Veeam. And really seeing that Veeam integration with storage snapshots firsthand is kind of what led me down the green path from the blue path. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's definitely a great transition, right? So, I mean, you you can work with something that, you know, protects your data, and then you can move on to something that helps orchestrate all of that. Exactly. So um, as far as, you know, Veeam goes, I mean, we're coming out with, or not we, 
You. Me. The royal you. we. I mean, I feel like I'm a part All of the team. together. You are part of the team. It's part been a joint effort. We, I, I, we I think we should, yeah. we should would be remiss if we didn't mention like the NetApp A-team here and how long we've all actually oh, known yeah, each other. Oh, yeah, that's right. We right? have known each other a while. <laughs> We're on the we're all on the green team now though. So you know, this is the green team. Or you guys are. I'm not on the green team. I'm kind of on the green's the color of money, baby. It's like aquamarine or something. I don't know. So um teal, yes. Uh so you know, as far as Veeam goes, there's a new release coming out. Um can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with that new release? Oh man, that tell me a little bit. Like how much time do we have, Justin? Just just a smidge. Just a smidge. There's like, you know, with every Veeam release, especially um so the big thing we're talking about is Veeam backup and replication version 11. There are a ton of other products also launching at the same time, which I'll touch on briefly. But this release is just so packed with features and functionality, just like every Veeam release. I think when you actually like count them, there's like hundreds of things in there, right? But we're just going to talk about the top couple because we obviously don't have like a day or two or three to really dive into anything. Um, and I think I want to start with um, one particular feature just because it really lended itself to the question that you happened to ask Adam about recovery and all that kind of good stuff um, is Veeam's continuous data protection, right? And I think that's one of the exciting ones, right? Adam, what do you think? Every new release from Veeam has, has a massive like headlining feature. Yeah. Uh, in version 10, it was NAS backup. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking about Back what's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> version 10, version 10 got nasty. With NAS yeah, backup. I, I said that all the time too. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Versus 11, you know, we're, we're cranking it up uh, to 11 with continuous oh, data I was detection. Say, yeah. <laughs> I was going to use it for my CDP. Fine. Oh, okay, so we are cranking it up to version 11 with Veeam continuous data protection, which we just lovingly call Veeam CDP most of the time, uh, quite honestly. So why do you care about Veeam CDP and why are we so excited about it? We're talking about like the lowest RPOs and RTOs around. We're talking about seconds, right? Seconds, right? No virtually eliminating data loss. Um, you know, and remember, this is already in the Veeam backup and replication console that you know and love. It's something that our customers are going to be familiar with, right? Setting up a Veeam CDP policy is just like setting up a backup or replication job. It's very low lift from a usability and manageability standpoint. But the question I get a lot is, okay, so where do I actually use it, right? Where do I use it? Um, so really, we're targeting those mission-critical workloads that need the absolute absolute lowest RTO and RPO, maybe like the top 5% of your applications, right? You're not going to do CDP with absolutely everything. And this might replace some other things you're doing, right? So maybe you're doing a, Veeam, a regular Veeam replica right now. CDP is going to make that RPO even more aggressive in a couple of different ways. So with our short-term retention, we can get really, really low, a minimum of a two-second RPO, which is just basic insanity, right? Uh, this is crash consistent. But within your CDP policy, we can do other things too. So we can do like short-term um, retention like that. We can also do longer-term retention. So maybe it's more like, okay, every, uh, I don't know, eight hours or something like that, I do a long-term retention point. That's really going to get you your applic integrate with the application consistency type stuff. Um, so you're protecting by using Veeam CDP, you're protecting it for those short-term RPOs and long-term, right? So that's really, really cool, basically. 
We, now, we see we see CDP sort of um, filling a gap, you know, for those ONTAP customers that maybe have um, uh, too great of a distance between yes, their exactly. ONTAP clusters, where synchronous snap mirror might not be a, tech, a technical possibility. Uh, so you're doing traditional asynchronous replication. CDP now, because we have no distance limitations in there, can can uh, can kind of fill fill an additional gap there, right, Melissa? Yeah, that's a really good thing to point out. Um, Totally, right? So it's not going to replace your NetApp snap mirrors or anything like this. Because remember, we're just targeting your most critical applications with this type of thing. Uh, it, it's really an enhancement to your environment already. And the way Veeam has implemented it, right? So we have CDP and backup and replication, but Veeam has also brought CDP functionality into two other products and they've really turned it up to 11 with this integration, right? Do we so, read our quota yet? I don't think so, I'm gonna keep okay. saying it, keep saying it. So the, the good example is NAS backup too. So when NAS backup came out, it was, I, I mean, it's so easy to use, I love it. But the other good thing you can do is take a look at it in Veeam Run, right? You can see all your NAS backup jobs, you can monitor them, you can alert and alarm and all that good stuff and run reports. Well, you'll be able to do that same thing with CDP in Veeam One, right? We're gonna have um, alarms in there to keep an eye on things, uh, alerting, reporting, all that good stuff. So you'll see, when you log into Veeam One, you're using CDP, you'll see it right there with everything else in your environment. That is just so important from a manageability standpoint, right? That you can you can get those really low aggressive RPOs and RTOs with a product that you're already using. And if you're not already using Veeam, you can switch to Veeam and protect your data across your whole data center, whether it be those mission critical workloads with CDP replication or just a regular backup. And it's just all the same interface and tools to use it. Uh, taking it a bit further, right? So we also integrated Veeam CDP into Veeam Disaster Recovery Orchestrator version four. So the big thing in version four, remember version three was the NetApp on tap snap mirrors, integrating them, creating orchestration plans, all that good stuff. We're going to have that in Orchestrator as well. So that's going to give you another la layer of um, kind of checking your environment and reporting and all that good stuff on top of it. So it really is like a complete solution, right? It's not just like here, take this uh, low RPO stuff and good luck with it. You have some kludgy thing that maybe it's going to work. Maybe it's not. We can't really monitor it. Well, we can monitor it and report it. And from a disaster recovery standpoint, we're still going to take a look at it. We're going to make sure that you're always meeting your RPOs and your SLAs. And then we're going to give you all that documentation around it that you need to meet your audit points and that automated application verification, right? So I need to run some scripts when I come up, when my replica comes up because, hey, I'm regulated or whatever. Or I want to make sure that Exchange and SharePoint is working as it's expected to. Of course it is. And we can test that right out of the box. So really the integration across the product portfolio for CDP is just one of the things that fascinates me as well. Because again, I'm very big on recovery in the last year or so for some strange reason. And this is just another way that Veeam is just upping the data protection game. And I want to. I want to. Uh, you you breezed by it, and I want to. I want to make sure the audience heard. Um, Veeam Availability Orchestrator Version Three is getting a new name for Version Four. Is that right, Melissa? That is uh, correct. It is being rebranded to Veeam Disaster Recovery Orchestrator. Yep. So if you see that uh, that terminology out there, Veeam Disaster Recovery Orchestrator, that's Veeam Availability Orchestrator is getting a shiny new coat of paint with a new name in Version Four. Was that branding approved? Did you guys? Did you guys that cleared? Yes, yes. I, we, I, hope so. we hope branding so. Approved, branding approved. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if we both have jobs next week, right? Basically. Yeah, um, for real. All right. So let me think of another <laughs> cool feature because I don't know. There's just so many. It's like one of those things where it's hard for me to like pick a favorite. I feel like, oh, what's your favorite Veeam 
uh, feature Melissa. Oh, Melissa, do you have a favorite child? Like it, it's kind of on par with that. <laughs> do Do you have a favorite child? Absolutely not. <laughs> I totally don't. I hate them all. <laughs> I hate them all equally. They're all Which locusts. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess the other thing I probably want to talk about, I know we jived on this a little before we got started, Adam, because we're both so excited, is the hardened Linux repository. Right. That's like super exciting. Why? Because there's a lot of stuff that we have to worry about going wrong um, in this day and age. Right. And one way to help that is making sure that your backups are immutable. And I want to get your definition of this too, Adam, but basically immutable to me means you can't do anything to it. Right. You can't delete (laughs) it. You can't touch it. You can't change it. So, So, I mean, One of the things that we saw in 2020 that um, that was really concerning was the the sophistication of ransomware and malware specifically targeting backups. Um, And that's that's the one thing that really, um, I think, got Veeam really, really concerned was um, seeing how these how the ransomware is figuring out that they don't get paid if uh, if customers can recover their data quickly and easily. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, Which with you a Veeam type Veeam, solution, by the way. Ha-ha. right? So they're they're specifically gotten smart enough to start looking for uh, your your backup repositories to start encrypting the, that that backup data, removing uh, that backup data, deleting it, modifying it in some fashion so you can't recover. So you know, we've got a solution for that uh, with this with this new technology we're calling hardened repository. So it's super super important, super um, uh, uh, cool new feature uh, coming in version eleven here. Exactly. Right. And by making, uh, by using this kind of feature, right. It also helps prevent against, uh, insider threats too. Right. Cause if I go to Adam and say, Adam, here's $2 million to go delete your backups <laughs> and an Island in the Caribbean that I'm going to ship you off to Adam might be like, all right, a couple mil on my own private Island. I'm out. Peace. Well, you can't actually do that. Yeah. Um, when you set things up <laughs> or, or accidental deletion, right. Or, you know, someone, someone exactly. accidentally deleting your, your backup files probably happens more often than, you know, that rogue administrator type of thing. Um, you, you know, just having guarantees that your data is unmodifiable, undeletable, unchangeable, and always recoverable is, um, you know, is going to be critical. It's almost the new, uh, the new requirement now from, uh, from a true, uh, you know, data protection solution is, is to guarantee the availability of that data uh, in a truly certified guaranteed way. Right. Uh, uh, and this new Veeam, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the new, the Veeam hardware repository has like a whole litany of, uh, of certifications around it, uh, for the guarantee, yeah, um, the guarantee of, uh, of the, uh, recoverable of your data. I don't know how many government level uh, certifications it has, but it has all of them. It does. Yes. <laughs> and uh, one thing to actually point out as well is, you know, if you're looking for a solution of a really great backup repository, that's really high performance and high throughput E-series is a great choice. Right. And we used to call when I was an SE, and I don't know if this is sanctioned NetApp lingo. So don't get mad at me, NetApp. We used to call it cheap and deep and fast. Like it was just like it would fly. Uh, it, it's very cost efficient. And you can build these massive repositories right on an E-series. Yeah, the um, so the, the new hardened repository capability does require block storage uh, from an infrastructure standpoint. So the you know the premium block storage um, you know that's perfect for this type of architecture is that is that E series. So we can present you know these you know these petabyte scale block you know type repositories um, you know with extremely uh, extremely high throughput 
Um, you know, so it makes, you know, sort of E-series is sort of the can, ideal target. It for has this. such high throughput. You can turn yeah. it up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about that? I mean, we're actually, we actually, um, we're testing a hundred gig ethernet. I, I was going to save this, you know, for later on, but we've been testing hundred gig ethernet and actually are able to saturate hundred gig ethernet in version 11. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, turning it up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, that's, that's 10, 11 gig, gigabytes a second throughput over hundred gig ethernet. So perfect for those hundred gig ethernet cards in your E-series, uh, you know, Veeam can saturate those, believe it or not. So pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Right. So if you do want to take advantage of the hardened repository, um, this is going to sound silly, but I'm a bit of a documentation nerd, maybe because I don't know, I used to write Flexbot documentation, but the Veeam documentation is excellent. And there's only about five simple steps to get up and running with this. So, you know, just go hit that um, Veeam backup and replication version 11 user guide, and it's going to walk you through how to do all this stuff. Like I, I, when I was first learning Veeam, when I was at NetApp as an SE, like, oh, I have a customer using Veeam. Let me go brush up. I read through all the Veeam documentation and it's pretty clear and we're very good at showing you exactly what to do in your environment. And of course you have your Veeam SE to help you out too. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the E-Series portion. What sort of advantages do we have using something like E-Series over like an ONTAP system? I mean, is it, is it strictly a cost thing or is it also like, you know, performance? So there's, there's some specific things that Veeam can do uh, to accelerate your data protection um, that uh, that only work for block storage specifically. Now, uh, we've got great support for NAS and NAS-based repositories. Don't get me wrong here. Um, but block uh, storage, um, we can do um, specifically uh, with um, uh, a format called XFS uh, from a file system perspective, but also ReFS. That's the Windows flavor of this. Mm -hmm. We can do a lot of the things that ONTAP is sort of, sort of famous for, right? When we're talking about block-based cloning uh, metadata type operations. Uh, so... Uh, when we do our synthetic-based uh, transforms of our backup files, they happen almost instantly with no data movement. Uh, that's only real, po uh, really possible with block-based storage. So there's some specific uh, performance accelerators that we can do with block-based storage. Now, uh, everyone knows that ONTAP can do block storage, but there is a particular limitation that you need to be uh, aware of. Uh, with ONTAP today, and, and um, hopefully this will be resolved in future ONTAP releases. But uh, there is a you know today a 16 terabyte LUN limit. Um, so it does would require either a lot of LUNs from ONTAP or, uh, you know, it just be, makes the architecture a little bit more, more difficult yeah, it really just uh, from a block storage. Our, um, yeah. Architecture and manageability, right? She, like I said, cheap and deep, right? Just yeah. And, and, and Veeam has software-based uh, deduplication and compression built in. Um, so this, that's the one thing that Veeam can layer on top of E-Series. So everyone knows E-Series doesn't do any data reduction. Well, then Veeam becomes that data reduction layer. Uh, for the data as it lands on E-Series. So you end up getting uh, data reduction and you get that really high throughput block storage in, in E-Series and it's really dense with those 60 drive uh, chassis that you can, you can procure uh, on E-Series. You end up getting uh, a solution that's uh, you know, really the best bang for your buck in the industry. And uh, you know, we, we see it all here at Veeam uh, and E-Series really is, uh, is a premium product when you start talking about secondary storage, especially when paired with Veeam. I would just like to make a clarification. So the 16 terabyte LUN limit is lifted in ONTAP 9.8 with some of the what? all Santa Ray platforms. So you have 300 terabyte volumes, 128 terabyte LUNs, 
right? So now we have larger LUN support with ONTAP, but we, the yeah, point we, remains. I mean, with, we can with, get some all flash, uh, you know, secondary uh, ONTAP systems out there for backup repositories. It doesn't yeah, make sense for that, right? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, we just don't see a prolifer proliferation yet of all flash. Um, you, we will see that, you know, eventually it'll be an all flash world, right? Um, uh, but SATA, uh, you know, or the 7.2K uh, spinning drives still have a lot of legs in that secondary storage because there's one thing that's um, that those disk platforms are really good at, and that is sequential write throughput. Yeah. So when uh, so we do see um, still a lot of legs uh, in, in price, you know, performance uh, for backup targets, especially with uh, with traditional uh, you know spinning disk platforms like a like an E series. Yeah, and I just you know I I know the E series is a more cost effective storage solution. I just wanted to clarify that we no yeah, longer have that limit. It's just more expensive. Yeah, I don't know if you can break <laughs> any news here either, Justin. Are we going to see that LUN, that LUN size limitation uh, lifted for hybrid ONTAP arrays? I am not allowed to, to disclose these sorts of things, Adam. So, no. I, I tried. I tried that. everyone out That's there nice. uh, in, nice. in podcast land. I was hoping to break some news here, but uh, oh, well. alas, no dice. Yeah. So, I think we should switch gears maybe and get a little more storage Adam. What do you think? I would love to talk about new integrations that uh, version 11 has uh, specifically with ONTAP. Um, so we've got um, uh, some new integrations that we're really excited about. So, um, you know, I, I talk about ONTAP in, or NetApp in, in, in Veeam all the time with the integrations. And I talk about our history of, of working with, with NetApp and every release Veeam releases something that's unique just for NetApp and version 11 uh, is no different. So we talked earlier about about these, you know, the major new feature uh, in, in these releases. In version ten, the major new feature was NAS backup. Well, the uh, version eleven takes this to a new level, specifically it with turns ONTAP it up to eleven. What? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we got. We have a count. Do we have a count going yet, Justin? How many times? I, I should have been counting. Um, <laughs> So version uh, VBR, uh, version 11 has all new integrations for ONTAP, specifically for NAS, uh, NAS-based backup. So that's um, those SMB, SIFs, NFS type shares coming directly off of, of ONTAP for unstructured data. Uh, so what we're uh, releasing in version 11 is uh, direct API integration for the discovery uh, of all the storage virtual machines, the volumes, and the shares uh, inside, uh, inside of ONTAP. Uh, so you can build your backup policies based on the discovery, the automatic discovery of um, of all those ONTAP uh, objects. So this brings us the capability of doing things like creating a backup job where all I you know I select just the storage virtual machine and I create a backup job just for the entire storage virtual machine. And every time that backup job runs, we back up everything inside that storage virtual machine, no matter uh, what was created uh, in between backup job runs. So if you have a, a really highly dynamic environment where you know there's a lot of volume creation, there's a lot of new share creation, uh, and you want to remove a lot of that care and feeding, uh, where you know typically, or, or at least in version uh, version ten, you know if a new share got created and you wanted to back it up, some backup operator would have to add that share to the backup policy. Uh, in version eleven, now we can auto discover uh, those new shares and automatically add them to backup jobs, uh, which is a which is a great new capability, especially especially in those uh, really dynamic environments. Yeah, exactly. Again, for me, like I, I don't know how I turned into this like manageability nerd or something like that, but it just makes your life as an administrator so much easier, right? All right, I have yeah. my SVM that basically serves my file shares. Back it up. 
I don't care yeah. about having to add a new share or anything else. Just back the whole thing up and don't worry. Yeah. And, and we, um, by default, we do backup from storage snapshot now for all NAS workloads, just enabled by default. Yeah. Just enabled by default in version 10, we, we were able to do backup from storage snapshot, but it was a little tricky, uh, to enable, um, it was a, a bit more of a manual process to enable the backup from storage snapshot. Now in version 11, it's just turned on by default. Uh, as soon as you enter your ONTAP credentials and you start building backup policies based on those discovered uh, ONTAP objects, backup from storage snapshot is the default. You don't even need to turn it on. We just uh, automatically create a storage snapshot for the source of the backup. And then when the backup is, is done, we remove the storage snapshot automatically. There's nothing for you to do, nothing for the um, backup administrator or ONTAP administrator to do. We just source the backup from an ONTAP snapshot. And the purpose of that is to make sure that when we do our NAS backup, we're, we're able to protect locked and in-use files. So we want to make sure that we're not missing any files that are currently open or being worked on by, your, uh, by any end users, uh, which would typically be uh, an issue. You would normally throw an error saying, hey, this file is locked or it's in use. I can't back it up right now. But when you do backup from stored snapshot, we resolve that problem. We're able to guarantee that every file uh, on the NAS is protected with that technology. So something that we're, we're, we're really uh, excited to, to be rolling out with version 11. We've got some uh, additional new uh, integration from a backup standpoint. And I'll talk about some new recovery capabilities, which are really cool from Snapshot. Yay, um, so one, one, um, one new backup capability from, uh, from storage Snapshot that has a long been requested feature was to be able to uh, do backup from storage Snapshot for physical servers. Uh, so if anyone's familiar with, with Veeam, uh, most of our backup from storage snapshot integration revolved around either VMware or Hyper-V type workloads, virtualized workloads. And uh, you know, Veeam was always like, ah, no one's going to be using physical servers anymore in, in a couple of years. And you know, why should we spend some R&D time you know, working on uh, physical servers? Well, that didn't really happen. We still see a lot of uh, physical servers uh, out there, especially for big uh, database workloads. And... Um, and, and having a backup from storage snapshot capability for those physical servers is something that we're bringing to version 11. Uh, and we're excited about that. So this is going to support ONTAP and, and NetApp HCI, you know, if, you know, or, or any element-based system, this is going to be supported on. So if you've got a window, this is going to Windows physical servers. So if you've got Windows physical servers with uh, block LUNs presented, um, you will now be able to do backup from storage snapshot for those, uh, for those servers. So the, the benefit here is now we can do things like backing up, uh, those servers directly uh, talking directly to the storage platform, whether that's um, directly on fiber channel or directly on that um, on that iSCSI network, we're not going through an agent anymore uh, for for those backups. So this is improving uh, the backup performance of those critical, uh, you know, those big critical servers um, that that are backed by ONTAP or Element. We're able to improve the performance of the of the backup by um, by talking directly to that block storage on that on that block storage network uh, in version 11. So pretty excited about that one. From our recovery capability, we're, we're, we've got some brand new uh, recovery uh, capabilities here for uh, instant recovery. So instant recovery is, is always the, the coolest uh, recovery capability. Um, and uh, previous uh, to version 11, when we're talking about recovering um, whole servers, we had this, uh, what we call instant VM recovery. Um, so if you had a, a SQL or an Oracle server that had multiple databases on there and you just wanted access to one of those databases from an instant recovery, you had to restore the entire server. In version 11, we're bringing uh, what we're calling instant SQL and instant Oracle 
database recovery. So we can give you granular instant recovery now of a singular uh, Microsoft SQL database or a, C a singular Oracle database in an instant recovery fashion. This works directly from the Veeam backup files as well as ONTAP or element-based snapshots. So this is uh, a really cool way to publish back uh, just the, the, the singular database that you want uh, instantly, right, in seconds, uh, no matter the size, right, because it's based on uh, NetApp hardware-based uh, cloning, snapshot cloning technology to, to publish back uh, those, those databases. So that's a cool new uh, recovery technology uh, in, uh, in, in version 11. Um, another one uh, that's a new instant recovery technology is uh, something for, for you NAS backup fans. We're calling it instant file share recovery. The ability to publish back a, a file share uh, in the event of, uh, let's say the primary NAS is completely offline. Uh, you got no place to recover data to. You got users that need access to maybe their home directories. If, let's say you're backing really up their home directories. Story first? Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. Can I interject? I'm sorry to interject. So uh, <laughs> I used to have, when I was a customer still, I had a really big NetApp backend to my vSphere environment. And I only had one event in all that time with all those NetApps that the NetApp was actually offline. And that was because like somebody put in the wrong information in a ticket in a data center and somebody physically walked up to the NetApp and unplugged the 10 gig cables because they thought they were supposed to move it. And of course, the NetApp went offline at that point. That was the only issue I ever had where I lost my whole system. Uh, that stuff was rock solid. Plug for NetApp. I love you, NetApp. But um, <laughs> I always tell that funny story because people are like, that stuff never happens. I'm like, you know, there's user errors, all right? People do silly things in the data center. And while you might be yep. architected and ready, you still might have an event where you have to recover some from some kind of manual user expert. It might not be a NetApp problem, but you're still going to have to recover. Well, I'm a little disappointed that we don't have capability to, to fall back to a wireless network in this situation. I know, right? So, or a know? carrier pigeon. Perhaps? That's right. Like just carrying <laughs> these packets back and forth. <laughs> Yeah. So this this new yeah. In case um, yeah, your someone unplugs your NetApp, um, Veeam has the ability then to publish the the file shares directly out to your end users. So the end users can then um, access their file shares directly from the backup file. So no data movement is involved in this process. So even if that uh, that file share is you know hundreds of gigabytes or hundreds of terabytes or even a petabyte size, we just publish directly to the backup files. Users will have access to their um, to their file shares uh, temporarily until the primary. Uh, NAS device comes back online. So another instant uh, recovery technology from Veeam this time around NAS. So pretty cool stuff. So tell me a little bit more about how these instant recoveries work. Like what are they using? Are they using VMware APIs? Are they using NetApp snapshots, flex clone? I mean, what, what sort of technologies mm -hmm. are involved in, in making this happen? Yeah. So the um, let's talk about instant. Well, our, our, the most famous one is instant VM recovery. And the way that this actually works under the covers is um, let's say you pick a, a virtual machine or maybe even several virtual machines that you want to instantly recover. Maybe you had a bad a Windows patch update. Um, uh, I need to recover these uh, these servers uh, very, very quickly. Uh, you go into the, uh, the Veeam Backup and Replication Console. You select the virtual machines. You select Instant VM Recovery. You select the snapshot that you want to recover from, and then you basically click Next. Uh, and then Veeam takes care of the rest. So under the covers, what we're doing is we're issuing API calls into ONTAP to create a flex clone of those particular snapshots. Uh, then we, we mount those uh, snapshots up as brand new data stores inside the, uh, the VMware environment. And then we register those VMs and we boot them up directly from that flex clone snapshot. So 
the entire length of this process is, you know, just seconds, however long it takes to create a flex clone, to mount that flex clone up, to register that virtual machine and to boot it up. So if, uh, you know, depending on uh, the speed of everything, you know, I've seen, you know, a 20 terabyte SQL server come back online in, in 30, 45 seconds. All right. Uh, exactly. And if you're doing this, if you have vCenter open, right, you'll see that all happening in the recent tasks, right? You'll see it, you know, mounting the storage, all that kind of good stuff. You'll see the VM start. Um, it, yeah. It's really, really fast. Yeah. And because uh, because these flex clones, of course, are writable, you can run that virtual machine uh, inside that, you know, these are these are designed to be temporary data stores, right? They're flex clones. Uh, but you can run your virtual machine in production uh, and then pick a time and maybe, uh, you know, a day later or in the middle of the night, you, you can storage vMotion that that server back in real time back to the original uh, data store and then tell Veeam to stop publishing that temporary uh, data store. And then we, we automatically tear it all down and, and put the, you know, put the NetApp environment back to the way it was uh, and you're back in business. Right. And it, all without having to take that virtual machine offline. Uh, so, you know, in, the process now works in version 11 now the same with uh, Instant SQL uh, and Instant Oracle uh, database recovery uh, works the same way, all, all based on API calls and flex clone technology, uh, and then Veeam coordinating uh, the mounting of everything uh, to get everything back online. So we, we sort of hide everything under the covers of what we're doing to make it really, really easy and simple. Uh, which makes it makes it nice because the, the VBR, the Veeam operator, you know, maybe they know nothing about NetApp. Maybe they know nothing about VMware or SQL or Oracle. They don't need to know anything about that. You know, they basically click a few mouse mouse buttons to make it all make it all happen. Really, really easy. Is it using anything like the the sys clones or the file cloning t- uh, capabilities to do the backups for, or sorry, the restores for the individual VMs, or is it just strictly flex clone and then copying the file out? Yeah, so we're we're flex cloning the entire uh, the entire snapshot or the entire volume, right? So we're not doing any sub um, a sub uh, volume cloning. Now, um, we do have some, you know, for those customers out there, the rare customers that don't have flex clone licensed on their ONTAP, we do have some fallbacks that we can do to make this happen without flex clone. Now, it happens much much faster, of course, with flex clone technology. Um, so we do recommend that license, uh, you know, for, for full functionality here, but we can't accomplish this without flex clone. It does take some long, uh, take a bit longer because we're doing some copying back in the ONTAP system to make this happen. But we do, we do recommend flex clone uh, for this operation. Does it support things like the copy offload, like the VAI pieces, or is it just, you know, doing other just basic file copies without the server offload? So when you do the actual, let's say like a storage V motion. So like when you, um, so the, the, let's talk about instant VM recovery here. Um, when we do a, a flex clone of the snapshot, uh, we're basically creating a, a brand new data store and registering that data store up. And then we're just booting the VM up. Now that, that data store will have full VAI capabilities uh, with VMware. So everything that the, the original data store had in terms of hardware acceleration is all supported there on that temporary data store. So when you do things like storage V motion, uh, all of that, the VAI offloads um, will be supported uh, as well when you're moving uh, virtual machines in between, uh, you know, two data stores. So it's all completely offloaded back on ONTAP. Uh, so very high performance all the way around. So does this tie into the data protection stuff like SnapMirror? Can it flex clone off a of SnapMirror destination? Can it orchestrate all that oh, yeah. replication awesome. and all that? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, so on, uh, so Veeam uh, has full SnapMirror and SnapVault orchestration support for, for VMware environments. So one of the cool things that we talk about a lot is, uh, number one, uh, we have uh, technology that we call backup from storage snapshot. 
so this is uh, fully integrated with SnapMirror and Snap Vault orchestration as well. So the concept uh, here, one of the uh, cool things that we can do from a, a backup standpoint is we, we can actually orchestrate a application consistent snapshot on the primary ONTAP array, orchestrate a SnapMirror Snap Vault over to a secondary array and actually build a backup off of the secondary uh, ONTAP array or off that SnapMirror and Snap Vaulted copy. So that um, that process will um, will completely offload all of that um, high I/O backup workload off to a secondary ONTAP system. So really, uh, a really cool way to uh, have Veeam um, um, uh, really produce no noticeable performance hit on backup off that primary array because we're actually building the backups off of the secondary array. Now, from a recovery standpoint, fully supported to recover uh, from a primary array, from a snap mirror, snap vaulted array. Uh, we can, um, uh, or a backup file. Like when you actually do a, a recovery in Veeam, you know, we can show you the primary storage snapshots that we know about. You, we can show you the replicated storage snapshots that we know about from a recovery standpoint. And then uh, of course the Veeam backup files. So you have an option to recover from whatever is the most, um, you know, important data point for your organization, whether it's, you know, uh, an hour ago snapshot or last night's backup file, we give you the option of, of choosing where to recover uh, and then ultimately Veeam takes care of the rest. We make it all, uh, we do all the recovery orchestration from the source that you've, that you've picked. So yeah, it's all integrated into SnapMirror and SnapVault as well. Is there like a DR test mode, like where I don't have to restore over anything? I can just test out the backups and the restores, making sure that, you know, they're going to work for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, uh, uh, we have a, uh, a technology that we call uh uh, shore backup and also something uh, that that uh, builds off shore backup called Beam Data Lab technology. So we have the ability to actually orchestrate the uh, the recovery uh, of data behind a virtual router that we provision in the environment. So you can actually do things like you know I could test my recoveries behind a virtual router and actually boot those VMs up. Right, we want to make sure that when we boot those those VMs up um, that they're not uh, talking to your production uh, network. Right, where the source is still up and running, right? We want to make sure that their network segmented off. Veeam can handle all of that by, by, uh, by uh, booting up our virtual router technology in your environment. Uh, so we can do a lot of cool things uh, with our data labs uh, technology, things like um, uh, I can use those labs for uh, analytics workloads, uh, testing, patch testing, uh, dev test, but also for uh, compliance reasons, like maybe GDPR or right to be forgotten. I can um, uh, pull data out of uh, out of these uh, workloads before putting them back into production. Or additionally, we have integrations with all the leading antivirus uh, vendors where I can actually scan for zero-day uh, viruses, malware, ransomware before putting data back into production that maybe I backed up, right? So sometimes you, you potentially encounter a scenario where I, I I've got backups that got malware in them and I need to make sure that I'm removing that malware before putting those backups back into production. Um, you can bring these, this data online behind a virtual router segmented from your production and do all the work you need to do on that data before putting it back in production. This is all, of course, integrated in uh, into that uh, snapshot uh, flex clone recovery workflow as well. Yeah, exactly. And what Adam just said, all of that, you can basically have Beam Disaster Recovery Orchestrator do that for you, right? So you set up your data lab once and back up in replication. 
Um, you map it to an orchestration plan, which is basically a DR plan and orchestrator, and you can run full DR tests with the click of a button in orchestrator, or you can even schedule them to run, right? I could say, okay, every Tuesday, I'm going to test these five applications and run a DR test. Really super simple to do. Um, and then orchestrator, again, will give you detailed reporting based on that test, tell you, of course, everything's successful because we're testing on a regular basis yet, but it'll also accurately gauge your RTO, right? So it'll point blank say in the document, you had a RTO of four hours and we recovered in two hours and 53 minutes or what have you, right? So you can add another level of automation on top of that data lab stuff with orchestrator, right? And after you test DR, it's a great time to give those teams access to their environment once a month or whatever to say, yeah, let's go do that patch testing. Let's go do that vulnerability scan. Let's just go do something with this data that we have hanging out there. Let's make it work for us. So does Veeam have application awareness? I mean, do you you have support for certain application APIs where you can actually orchestrate all the way down into the application level or is it strictly at the VM and storage level? So from a testing perspective in Orchestrator, we have a bunch of -of out-of-the-box enterprise application steps that we automatically can test for. Um, Let's see, SQL Exchange, SharePoint, and I'm sure I'm forgetting other things stuff. There's about like 25 can steps that you can... Uh, basically just have works for say, hey, let me check this application for you. Um, and yeah, Veeam, from a backup perspective, in general, does have all that application awareness because we were talking about, you know, SQL, Oracle, all that kind of stuff before as well. So there's a lot you can do. Does it also help quiesce the application for backups, you know, making sure that we're not in the middle of an in-flight, right, while we're backing up? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one, that's one of the key, uh, pe- uh, key things about um, snapshot-based data protection that people sort of miss, right? There's, um, there's this concept of crash consistency and application consistency. Uh-huh. Um, so, and a, let a, I'll define the terms. So crash consistent means I am just snapshotting the data at point in time. There's, no, there's nothing talking to the application uh, at all to flush data out of the memory uh, in that particular application down to disk to guarantee that the application uh, is consistent at the time of, of, uh, of snapshot, right? That would be a crash consistent. So think of uh, just a, a, an API call in ONTAP to take a volume level snapshot. That would be considered a crash consistent snapshot. What you want to do, you know, if you have applications that you know potentially need to be quiesced or they have, uh, potentially data in memory that hasn't been flushed down to disk, you want to add application consistency to that data protection. So Veeam has integrations into uh, anything that's VSS aware and then things like Oracle, or we can even script uh, a whole series of other applications that don't have direct uh, integrations with freeze-thaw uh, sort of technology to flush data out of memory down to disk and then coordinate that hardware-based snapshot uh, after the quiescing of the application to have it completely uh, orchestrated to make sure that those snapshots are guaranteed to be application consistent for those uh, for those particular applications. Yeah. This and is exactly, uh, and this yeah. is one of the reasons I basically fell in love with backup from storage snapshots, right? Because if we're talking about a VMware virtual machine, right, we're going to use we're going to basically use VMware to open up a virtual machine snapshot. You take the backup, you close the snapshot. So if I'm doing that without any kind of snapshot, without any storage snapshot integration, that could take a long time based on how much data has changed since the last backup, all that kind of stuff. If I use the Veeam backup from storage snapshot, that VMware snapshot is only open long enough to take the Veeam Veeam snapshot, the NetApp snapshot, right? So it's open for a fraction of the time it would have been if you weren't using storage integration. And I probably explained that really horribly because it's a Monday morning. But um, 
it, it really comes down to the impact on your environment of keeping those VMware snapshots open for a long period of time, right? It's a terrible, terrible thing to do. It's very, very bad. And Veeam can mitigate that by using the backup from storage snapshots. Why is that very, very bad? Because all that stuff's got to get written back to your storage array at some point when you yeah. close that VMware snapshot, right? So if, if there's anybody listening to this podcast and they're not doing any sort of NetApp integrated backup, they know that there's a huge pain involved, um, specifically in VMware API-driven backups that causes uh, application stun, right? This is a concept that I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast, if you're familiar with, with VMware backup, is aware that this is an issue, especially under high I.O., servers. So Veeam's integration with NetApp and our backup from storage snapshot technology is designed to mitigate application stun, application disruption uh, in, in the backups of your VMware environment by integrating with, with ONTAP snapshots. So that's that's the bottom line is uh, less disruption in your uh, on your actual applications, your virtualized applications, less uh, impact on the hypervisor itself overall. And then of course, faster backups because we're actually sourcing, uh, talking directly to on tap as a source of the backup. That means we can back up over fiber channel. We can back up over uh, your uh, your highest performance uh, jumbo framed Ethernet you know networks, 10 gig iSCSI, uh, 10 gig NFS, what have you, or even you know supported 40 gig and 100 gig Ethernets. Uh, it's all supported. All right, so uh, you're going to get a higher performing backup, a less impact on the applications, less impact on the hypervisors, and then throw in SnapMirror and SnapVault into that. We can actually source the backups from from a SnapMirror or SnapVault. Uh, you know, that's that's really uh, taking your your backup infrastructure to the next level um, with with Veeam and, and NetApp Solution. It's really uh, really the best in the industry right now. There's also less bloat, right? I mean, the, the snapshots themselves get very large on the VMware environment if you if you oh, just yeah. rely and, on and those. And that's the problem, right? I go to okay, well, oh yeah, I got to write all this data back to my storage array, right? And if I'm doing this on a ton of VMs at the same time, that can be impactful yep. to your production environment. Um, so we want to minimize the use of VMware. Uh, snapshots, um, and and that's uh, you know, how we do that with with NetApp is uh, we minimize the use of VMware snapshots so that we don't have to merge uh, merge or quiesce the VMware uh, snapshots together um, uh, across the board. Uh, you know that that's really where the application sun comes from. So uh, yeah, if you have uh, if you have a NetApp system for your VMware, um, you really want to be doing backup from snapshot uh, hardware based snapshots. Amazing. Yep. It's a great technology. How awesome is it to be able to take a snapshot and revert to it, right? The problem is if you leave it open too much or if you're doing it on too many VMs on the same piece of storage at the same time, which of course a NetApp all flash array would never have a problem with that, right? Because NetApp's the best thing ever. Um, but the fact is it is impactful. And a lot of people just take the snaps and leave them there forever. But again, if you have something that is... Um, highly transactional. Maybe you only left it open for the hour that it took to take the backup, but how much data was in that hour if it had, you know, if it was a database or something like that. It could have been a lot of data. It really depends. It depends just like everything else in the IT industry. That's right. Get back into life. Wait, that's the wrong depends. <laughs> um, so is, we have another technology at NetApp. Uh, it's FlexGroup volumes. Uh, do you guys fully support flex group volumes? I mean, do you have any special considerations or you just point it at the volume and go? So yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about flex group. So um, there's a pretty, there's a difference between um, the APIs that drive flex vols versus flex groups. So flex groups um, 
are not today are not supported with the integrations that we're doing from a backup from storage snapshot standpoint. That doesn't mean we can't back up the data uh, on uh, on flex groups. Uh, we can just not using the um, the, the API integrations uh, today. So just keep that in mind that today with the all the integrations that we talked about today uh, is uh, is for flex vols. Uh, stay tuned. Of course, we're going to add Flex Group support uh, in a future update for all these integrations. But today, it's uh, it's a FlexVol world only. I'm sorry, Justin. No, that's okay. I mean, I've I've used Flex Groups with Veeam software, and basically, when I did that, it was pointing it to a NAS share, right, and doing the copy that way. Yeah. So from a yeah from a NAS backup perspective, the way that we back up uh, from Flex Group is is you just put the mount point in, um, and then if you're starting to use Flex Groups for VMware data stores. Uh, we would do our just our traditional uh, non-integrated backup, so hot add NBD type of backup uh, if, if if the data store type is a flex group. Yeah, and I'll add that if you're if you're planning on using Veeam and flex root volumes, uh, go to nine point eight. That's going to be your best overall experience with a flex root volume uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, not just the VMware uh, data store support, but also the proactive resizing feature, which allows the free space allocation to be evenly distributed across all the member volumes. So you're not getting weird imbalances. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, Veeam, Veeam sees the, you know, a big benefit in, in flex group and support. So stay tuned. Uh, we're, we, uh, in a future release of Veeam, we'll be on the podcast announcing our flex group support. I am sure of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, stay tuned on that. Um, so, you know, what else is, is new in, in Veeam 11? I mean, we're, we're kind of, I think at the, at capacity here, as far as the new features, is, is there anything we missed? <laughs> But wait, are we turning more. it up to 11? But wait, there's more. 11 new features to talk about. Yeah, right. No, there's way more than 11. Um, and honestly, if you go to veeam.com, it's all over veeam.com. Um, the veeam blog has a ton of stuff. The veeam vanguards, just search like veeam vanguard on Twitter. There is so much buzz around v11 right now and all of the crazy features inside of it. Um, that you're probably inundated by it if you are. Anywhere on the interwebs. A uh, couple things that might be worth mentioning. Uh, cloud, right? Let's talk a little bit, a little itty bitty, teeny weeny bit about cloud. Um, so obviously Veeam has cloud native backup products for uh, AWS, Azure, and I don't know if people missed it or not, now GCP. Um, as a result of that, you can see lots of storage integrations coming for our customers who want to do cloudy stuff. So we've introduced something called the archive tier um, to move your cloud data off to uh, more cost effective. I don't want to say cheap. That sounds terrible, right? More cost effective storage like Amazon Glacier and the Azure Blob storage archive tier. That's exciting. And then we have a new addition to the um, the ability to use cloud storage in general. Now you can actually use Google Cloud Storage to offload backups to as well. So that's a new exciting thing that kind of completes that trinity of the big ones of Amazon, Azure, and Google. Um, and then there's one, one more thing um, that I would be remiss if I didn't mention, which is Veeam Agent for Mac, right? So Agent for Windows, Agent for Linux. And people are always thinking when we think agents, oh, servers, but you guys are like VMs and no agents. Well, there's a lot of things other than servers that run Windows, Linux, and Mac OS, like desktops and laptops. And it's really important to protect those assets for any number of reasons, especially in the era 
where everybody works from home. I can't tell you how many close calls I've had with like a cup of coffee and my laptop and I saved it right before it hit the deck. But what if it hidden, right? Right. If you're, you know, everybody's working from home these days, dumped a cup of coffee, the toddler got the hands on the laptop and broke it in half. I've had that happen. Um, lots of things. So again, we've added Veeam Aiden to Mac to protect those um, Mac-based workloads. Really useful um, for most of our enterprise customers who are already backing up Windows and Linux desktops and workstations and laptops. So now you can do it for Mac too. Yay, one more thing. All right. Sounds like we have adequately turned everything up to 11 here uh, here at the podcast. Um, so, <laughs> well, I mean, how, much, how far can you go before you're tw- at 12? I mean... We don't want to go too far. Stay, stay tuned. We're going to be turn, we're going to be turning it up to twelve at some point. I think. Uh, so, uh, Adam, uh, if I wanted to find more information about the features of Veeam or just Veeam yeah. in general, where would I go? So, of course, our main website Veeam.com is uh, is where you want to go for all the launch information on on version eleven. We do have a NetApp specific site that has a cool uh, URL. Uh, here at Veeam, where you can find out all uh, all about the integrations with with NetApp, um, all of our uh, case studies, uh, white papers, things like this. If you go to vee.am slash NetApp, it will take you right to that special site. That's vee.am slash NetApp. Why did you do the vee.am? Like why? Like what's the break on that's, up? That's our short. That's our short URL. But it's the same <laughs> size as the long. <laughs> Let us shorter, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, if we wanted to reach you, Adam, how do we do that? Again, uh, I love uh, I love to interact with with everyone on Twitter at AJ Berg or find me on LinkedIn. And Melissa, uh, you can find me on Twitter at vmis thirty three, and I don't check LinkedIn as often as I should. So, tag Adam, and he'll tag me. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> I'll hunt you down, Melissa. <laughs> is there, Adam, Adam knows how to find me, too. Is there a best practice for checking LinkedIn? I mean, usually when you log in, it's just a bunch of recruiters asking you to, like, come work for whatever company. And they don't, they, they're asking you, like, they're like, hey, can you come work be, and be a software developer? I'm not a developer. I, I, would, I would say that there's a lot of great uh, blog posts now being posted on LinkedIn. So I, I check it fairly regularly. Lots of great Veeam stuff out there. I know, Melissa, you're doing uh, live casts on LinkedIn oh, yeah. all the time. Uh, oh, live cast. Live, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we have a lot of great activity at Veeam on LinkedIn. So on Mondays, we have a more of a EDM executive decision maker focus type event by the product strategy team at uh, noontime Eastern. And then on Fridays, we have the more tech focused technical decision maker session, uh, also noon Eastern. So we have a lot of LinkedIn live stuff going. So you'll see, you'll see me there uh, talking about probably V11 among other things. So you said EDM, is that like the, uh, like a Veeam rave? Yes, thank you. I, I say that all the time just because I want people to make that association and I'm so happy when they do. Yes, the Veeam Rave on Monday is. It's pretty awesome. You got the glow sticks. They're, all, they're probably all green glow sticks, I would imagine, right? So, the black uh, light Justin, going. Have, yeah. you, have you seen the Target dress challenge? No. At all? So the- there's this trend. I, I have to throw this in there because it's so entertaining. There's this trend where Target basically sold all these dresses that look like they're out of something from Little House on the Prairie. So people are posting pictures of themselves doing crazy stuff in these dresses. And I might have one and I might have worn it on LinkedIn Live um, at one point. So go watch all the Veeam LinkedIn Lives, <laughs> the recent ones. In the month You'll have to watch all of them now to find out which I'll one it is. I'll tell you it's in February. That's all I'll tell you. Um, so go watch the LinkedIn Lives. 
Are you incorporating any brisket into your uh, Veeam Live broadcasts? Uh, is that a request? Because maybe I could do that. You should. You should That's do like a whole cooking. Sh- it should be a cooking show format where you're making the brisket, but also okay, telling so us all about Veeam. I actually have a recipe I call Veeam One Pot Pasta in my Instant Pot. And that's just what I call it because it's a one pot pasta thing. So I call it Veeam One Pot Pasta. So maybe I should make that on LinkedIn Live one day. You should make a Veeam 11 pasta. Veeam 11 pasta? Or a Veeam 11 pot roast or a Veeam 11 brisk something. I mean, I, you know, if we're going to turn it up to 11, we might as well go all the way. All right, I'll, okay, send me your recipe suggestions after the show, Justin, and I'll see what I can come up with. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Adam Berg and Melissa Palmer for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. This is a top to, uh, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, Does that mean it's louder? Is that any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most, most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11.